his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. I'm Heather Vale, and this is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. Today, I'm speaking with James McCoy, VP of Academic Affairs for the College of Southern Nevada, or CSN. CSN empowers students and communities to achieve, succeed, and prosper. Spring classes are starting this Tuesday, January 17th, with a mix of online and in-person classes. James, thank you so much for being here today. You bet. Thank you for having us, Heather. So for people who aren't completely familiar with CSN, when was the College of Southern Nevada first founded? You know, we go way back to 1971 in Southern Nevada. And back then it was called Clark County Community College, CCCC. And it started with just almost like a small schoolhouse kind of mentality. This valley here in the south uh, of Nevada was absent any sort of uh, community college experience. And so, you know, just over 50 years ago, a group of faculty got together and they said, we ought to fix this, uh, this problem. And, and so they established CCCC back then. And over the last 50 or so years, no doubt, uh, has CSN now grown to what was just a handful of students to nearly, you know, 35,000 or so every, every semester. Yeah, that's quite the growth. How many campuses are there now? Yeah, we're up to three full-fledged campuses. We call them our main campuses. There's one in North Las Vegas, there's one in Las Vegas, and there's one in Henderson. We've got a brand new plot of land that has been allocated to CSN in the Northwest Valley. So we're looking to uh, put a building finally in this space. There's been a sign on that land, kind of in that Ann Road uh, area for a couple of decades now. And we're we're looking forward to uh, beginning the planning on that space. Uh, to have a Northwest presence. And then we've got some some CSN centers uh, for training and additional uh, academic programming spread out all over the valley, you know, in Mesquite and Moapa. Uh, we've got centers uh, attached to some of our high schools here in town, in Green Valley and, and in Summerlin at a Western High Tech. We've got a facility out connected within the Nellis Air Force Base space. And we've got a workforce training center on West Sahara. So we're, we're trying to make sure as part of our mission that we're the community's college. And in, in, in doing so, we want to make sure that, you know, students and prospective students can find connectivity to, our, to the college uh, at CSN uh, in their own neighborhood without having to drive clear across town. That's kind of our premise. And so uh, that footprint is, is firmly planted. And then, of course, I'd be remiss if, if I didn't mention the online campus, right? The ability for students from across the world, wherever they may be, to be able to log in and take classes toward their degrees. Yeah, that's amazing. So you're taking over the whole valley and beyond and then the world, basically. <laughs> that's it. You know, I think about the worldwide footprint, our international programs, are just incredible. We've got students coming in from 60 different countries. Can you imagine, right? Who have chosen CSN and have chosen the Las Vegas Valley uh, as their home for higher education and study. 
And so that's pretty unique uh, about CSN. We, we pride ourselves, of course, in being the most ethnically diverse institution of higher education and job training in all of Nevada. So that's also a point of pride for us. And, and as we think about the landscape of, of, of offerings, programmatic offerings, as we're preparing a workforce to upskill uh, adults, to meet high school graduates where they are and transition themselves into college and we, we have over 180 degrees and certificates that are situated within 70 different academic programs, everything from, you know, uh, anthropology to welding and everything in between with a true bifurcated mission in that way. In, in one lens, students uh, will begin their college career uh, at the College of Southern Nevada with the ideals of transferring after they've completed their first two years. So from an affordability and access standpoint, it really is the smart financial choice for a lot of students to begin with us and, and then perhaps transfer to a four-year university here in town or elsewhere. And then the other side of that mission, of course, is to produce the next generation of career-ready uh, workforce. So we're training police officers and firefighters and nurses uh, in a variety of other areas and high-demand uh, occupations. So when they finish their program at CSN, they are career-ready and uh, ready to be employed. How many of those programs are bachelor level programs? We're up to 15 now, Heather, if you can believe that. And I say that because it just seems like yesterday, it was just over about 12 years or so ago when we launched our first bachelor's program. And, and the, the bachelor's area is, 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 is unique for, for CSN, uh, particularly because we've got four-year uh, university partners, bachelor uh, university and college partners within our system, right? The Nevada System of Higher Education through mm -hmm. here locally, Nevada State College and and UNLV. And so when, when the College of Southern Nevada gets into the bachelor's space, it's very intentional and it's in certain areas where we either need more bachelor's prepared citizens in this community uh, to fulfill a workforce or it's in an area uh, that is just um, not being offered at other four-year institutions within Southern Nevada. So it's kind of a niche, if you will. And so we've got bachelor's programs and things like nursing, bachelor, bachelor's of science in nursing, where no doubt we need an incredible amount of nurses in this valley to sustain our population growth. We also have bachelor's programs in culinary and hospitality. You know why? Because, you know, yeah. to our economy. <laughs> it's Las Vegas. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And of course, there's bachelor's programs in some of our STEM fields, environmental science, environmental management these sorts of areas, uh, fire science, another provocative bachelor's program. One of our most popular is our bachelor's program in project management, because these are skill sets with bachelor's preparation that are applicable just about any career area. There, every, every industry sector needs qualified project managers to get help the organization, the company, the industry get from point A to point Z, right? Yeah. So just a sampling of those areas, but, uh, but we're really excited to be able to offer not only those short-term certificates, those certificates that prepare a workforce in quick order, you know, programs as, as little as uh, eight weeks even uh, oh, wow. that, that, that they can take and, and, and get off to the workforce in a new way. And then, of course, there's your traditional year-long certificates. And then, uh, of course, uh, our bedrock, uh, our two-year associate degrees, both designed for transfer as well as for direct to the workforce. And then, as you mentioned, our handful of bachelor's programs, something for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. 
Now, I wouldn't normally associate bachelor level programs with a community college because, as you mentioned, they're four-year programs. So how exactly does that work? Is that where you're saying they go for two years at CSN and then transferred to a campus like UNLV to finish it out? Or how does it work? Yeah, so for the bachelor's programs that the College of Southern Nevada offers, they are intact four-year programs offered exclusively at the College of Southern Nevada. We are accredited to offer these bachelor's programs. And uh, to your point, Heather, right? I mean, the community college mission by design 100 years ago in this country was indeed centered around at that time kind of a vocational education space, right? It was a continuation of, of high school, particularly focused on the workforce development of those of those skilled trade areas, voc tech, right? Yeah. And over the hundred years, community colleges have evolved in this country uh, to continue to do that, but also to make sure that we're providing a little bit more comprehensive education with an access point that is centered around access. I'm going to re- kind of rephrase that because what I mean by that is we so we can deploy it in an affordable way. So community colleges today, not only at CSM, but across the country, still pride ourselves on delivering an education that is accessible through financial means, right? So it's Mm -hmm. it's the most affordable choice. And two, it's the most accessible choice, regardless of your academic background or academic preparation, you know, how long it's been since you've been in a school setting, uh, because our entrance requirements for acceptance uh, into a community college literally is a is a high school diploma or a GED or equivalent. Uh, and it, even, even in that lens, uh, we've got a cadre of high school students that are currently in high school uh, who found a home in the community college through an early college or dual enrollment space. And so we don't require uh, perhaps the same level of rigor uh, of expectation for admittance into uh, our type of colleges. Uh, if, if a student has a desire to get into college, and a desire to take their career to the next level through advanced training, uh, or a desire just to get their feet wet, if you will, in general education, uh, so that they can indeed transfer to a four-year university kind of experience. That's what these colleges, that's what these community colleges were designed to do. Nice. So speaking of affordability, what types of financial aid are available for students? Yeah, that's a great question. So for, for most students, a lot of students, the federal grants uh, are applicable to any accredited institution uh, like CSN. And so students can uh, fill out a FAFSA uh, application, uh, free application to, to submit for, for, for Pell grants and a host of other uh, federal grants. Uh, there's also a variety of state scholarships and state grants. So I'll give you an example, uh, Heather. We've talked a lot uh, over the last few years in this community about the Nevada Promise Scholarship, if you will. And this is designed for high school seniors. It's state appropriated by the state of Nevada, where high school seniors uh, can literally earn uh, the first two years of their college education through one of the community colleges in the state for free. It's kind of a last dollar scholarship. So whatever uh, federal dollars may not have kicked in for a student, then they can leverage uh, the Nevada Promise Scholarship uh, to help, uh, you know, fill that gap. There's the Millennium Scholarship for recent high school graduates, uh, and there's a Silver State Opportunity Grant from the state. So there's a lot of those kind of state or federal financial sort of gap fillers, if you will. But then aside from that, at the college level, we offer uh, just hundreds of thousands of dollars in just traditional uh, scholarships that uh, oftentimes are not even need-based, but they're merit-earned. 
and in some cases they're need-based as well. So I guess my point is, is that if, if, if a listener right now has been contemplating college, training, career pathways, uh, alignment, and thought that uh, the, the, the cost of an education would get in their way of achieving those goals or those dreams, uh, it could not be further from the truth by attending uh, the College of Southern Nevada. Okay. Now, we talked about the fact that there's a mix of online and in-person classes. What are the proportion of each? Yeah, that's great. So I'll talk in, in terms of today, uh, because the COVID environment over the last couple of years has certainly swayed our proportion of, of, of instruction by modality, right? We've learned mm -hmm. a lot of things. I mean, I think back, Heather, to March of 2020. You remember the moment? I remember the moment. We all yeah. do. We yeah. were forced to kind of go home and <laughs> keep the lights on of learning, right? Both in the K-12 space and the higher education space. And, and, and so uh, through that experience over the last couple of years, uh, students learned how to learn online synchronously and asynchronously. And faculty, teachers learned how to teach in much better ways in that online environment. And so, you know, pre-pandemic, probably 65% or so of our total 4,000 class offerings each semester were deployed in person. Today, we're probably closer to 50-50. About 50% of our 4,000 class offerings this spring are offered in the face-to-face -face traditional kind of learning environment on one of our campuses or sites. And the other 50% of our offerings are offered in the online environment. And in that context of the online environment, students can choose classes that are kind of uh, what when we refer to asynchronous learning. We're saying students can uh, take an, an online class and, and do it at their own pace uh, around the guide rails that the faculty have set up. So they don't have to log in at a certain time necessarily or a certain day necessarily uh, to do their instruction and their learning. And then the flip side of that coin, a lot of students have found great success in signing up for online courses that have an online teacher assigned in real time. So they may mm -hmm. log in for their online learning wherever they live in the world uh, on a Tuesday and a Thursday at 11 a.m. And they're going to get that same level of interaction in real time with their, with their colleagues in the class and with their teacher, but they won't have to physically come to one of our campuses to do that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's how they were doing it during the pandemic in the early years, right? Exactly. And we learned we learned from that, right? Yeah. So we kind of kept that piece of it as an option. And so I guess the point I'm trying to make is, you know, dependent upon how a student desires to learn, what their preference is and where they do well in their in, in the modality, we have made sure that we offer that that variety continuing now uh, as we've opened up all of our campuses. Okay. Now, out of the close to 200 degrees and certificates that you have available, what are some of the newer programs that are being offered this year? Sure. You know, we have spent the last two years developing an advanced manufacturing pathway. And I got to pause on that for a minute, Heather, because when we think of manufacturing and training somebody to work in the, in the field of manufacturing, Oftentimes we think about uh, what manufacturing looked like, you know, in the 1960s, right? The industrial yeah. era before that, uh, yeah. you know, belts and factory lines. Factories, yep. <laughs> totally. That is so further from the contemporary lens of advanced manufacturing. We've got a lot of employers who have come to this valley of ours, which is terrific for us from a diversification of our economy base. But it's also, and so, you know, it's, it's a good attraction point for new employers to come, uh, but, it, but it requires a skilled workforce. When mm -hmm. we talk about advanced manufacturing, we are talking about 
uh, a discipline of learning, yes, machining and those sorts of things, but we're dealing now with robotics, right? We're dealing with helping students understand the engineering behind manufacturing so that they can uh, fix the machines that are perhaps uh, these robotic machines that are, that are creating uh, the, the product. Um, it's a very provocative space. Uh, we're building a brand new center of excellence in partnership with the city of Henderson right now. Uh, and in partnership with Haas Automation, uh, where there's a significant footprint uh, to train the next generation of advanced manufacturing uh, professionals. And these are high paying jobs where, um, you know, uh, folks that are interested in, in, in learning in this space uh, will be able to, to, to do that. Uh, we're also doing some interesting scaled work in our healthcare industries. So students who had a desire not just to get into the field of nursing, that will always be a growth area for us. But every other healthcare area, from sonography to radiation tech to dental hygiene to veterinary tech uh, programs, these are all areas, uh, as we think about our population growing and maturing in Southern Nevada, mm -hmm. uh, the healthcare industry remains one of our top priorities. Three other new programs, we talked about uh, our hospitality base right here in Las Vegas. Yep. Uh, and so we've done some extensive expansion work to provide more seats in our culinary programs with more pathways in both the two-year and four-year degree space. We've got a tremendous program now that has just launched around convention planning and tourism. Uh, in fact, a whole brand new four-year degree program in convention planning and tourism and event planning. Another major bedrock of our economic base with lots and lots of jobs out there waiting for folks who graduate. So these are the kinds of areas, right, that, that we're super stoked about. We two new programs, two bachelor's new programs, in fact, in environmental management, both from a chemistry-based lens as well as a biology-based lens. So we're, what we're trying to do is make sure that we're not just offering any old program, but that these programs that we offer have relevancy to an actual career waiting for them at the other end. Not anywhere, but right here in Nevada. Nice. Okay. So you mentioned that some of the online programs can be done whenever, but as far as the in-person classes and the real-time online classes, what kind of schedule availability do students need in order to attend these classes? Hey, that's a great question, Heather. One of the unique things I think that we pride ourselves on in Las Vegas as a city is the 24-7 availability of whatever we want whenever we want it, right? I mean, you yeah, can absolutely. in this city and get yeah. pretty much whatever you need any time of day, any day of the week. And so along those same lines, if we're going to be the community's college that we have prided ourselves on being in the last 50 plus years, then we need to make sure access to higher education is available just about any time. And so when I say that, I say, you know, when we've got when we've got a workforce are getting off a swing shift, right, in their day-to-day -day job at 10 p.m., mm -hmm. we want them to be able to come right to class. And so we've got late-night offerings that go all the way until midnight, and we've got wow. classes that begin as early as 6.30 in the morning and every spot <laughs> in between. So we're kind of – our campuses might be closed, say, from midnight to about 6, 6.30 in the morning, uh, but we're kind of functioning uh, at all hours of the day outside of that. And then again, for that learner who just absolutely has to do their learning at two in the morning, our online campus is obviously available and open. Perfect. Okay. So if people want to start the semester, which starts Tuesday, January 17th, where can they find out more information about the College of Southern Nevada, the various programs they can take, or actually pull the trigger and apply to be a student? 
Oh, thanks. Yeah, we'd love for, for folks, it's super simple, just to land on our csn.edu uh, website, again, csn.edu. There's a, an opportunity there to get all the information that's necessary, push a couple of buttons to apply to the institution. The turnaround time for your college admission application is very, very quick, just a day or less. And once your uh, students are admitted through their application process, we've got counselors and advisors and specialists standing by uh, to help students navigate everything from what you know would be the best college pathway. That is often a, a big question for a lot of folks is, I know I want to go to college. I, I, I'm ready for the next step in my career. I just don't know what that looks like, right? So we, we've got We've got folks standing by to help students and prospective students figure out what their aptitudes are, what their strengths are, what the career pathway looks like from an educational lens, uh, and get them plugged into classes. To your point, classes do start on Tuesday for our regular 16-week and eight-week classes that begin next week. But we also have classes that start throughout the spring uh, season. Uh, and so if a student was just hearing this now or a prospective student just kind of hearing this message now and they're kind of worried, I don't know if I have time to get my ducks in a row in time for Tuesday the 17th. We want them to start now so that we can maybe onboard them into our next term that would even begin uh, you know, as early as March. So there's always an opportunity to admit and to enroll throughout the semester. If indeed uh, classes that begin next week is, is in the queue for, for listeners today, uh, we are offering late night uh, service hours next week, uh, the week of the 17th. And so we'll be open late into the evening on the 17th and 18th, in addition to the regular time, daytime hours to help accommodate students' access. Okay, awesome. So once again, the website is csn.edu, csn.edu, very simple. Some classes start this Tuesday, January 17th, but they've got expanded hours. If you want to start your educational career with CSN this week for the new spring classes, and there's also other time frames that you can start a class. So go ahead and check out the website csn.edu. As James mentioned, there are a ton of programs available and a lot of different flexibility in terms of scheduling, in terms of the type of program you want to take, whether you want to take a certificate, an associate's degree, bachelor's degree, a lot of options there and a lot of different campuses if you're doing the in-person studying. So once again, csn.edu is the place to go, csn.edu. And James, I want to thank you so much for being here and letting everyone know about the programs that you have available and the new spring session coming up. And it's just amazing. The classes you have, the just the flexibility and the variety, it just seems like the perfect school. So thank you so much for being here and letting us know more about it. I appreciate it. You bet. We appreciate you too, Heather. Thank you so much for the time today. This message is for Karina, our mom who finished her high school diploma at age 28. Hi, Mom. It's Amadith and Nicholas. Congratulations on getting your diploma. You work so hard and have taught us so much. We love you. When you graduate, they graduate. Finish your high school diploma for you and for them. Visit finishyourdiploma.org to find free and supportive adult education centers near you. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. This is the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show, and I'm Heather Vale. 
Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Beverly Mathis and Christine Minnick of the Public Education Foundation, or PEF, and Attorney John Mowbray, trustee of the Charles and Phyllis M. Frias Charitable Trust, which has made distributions valued at over $13.5 million to support children, education, and the less fortunate members of Southern Nevada. And we also have Aminata Diang, one of the inaugural recipients of the Frias Legacy Scholarship. This past year, the Freest Charitable Trust distributed nearly a million dollars to underwrite nine post-secondary scholarships to Southern Nevada high school seniors through the PEF. All nine of the inaugural Freest Legacy Scholars came from homes where their parents never had an opportunity to attend college, and all of them have just successfully finished their first semesters with the mentoring of Dr. Mathis. Dr. Mathis taught 17 years in the classroom, served three years as assistant principal, and was the principal at Kermit Roosevelt Booker Senior Elementary School for 16 years until she retired from the Clark County School District. She's now the proud namesake of the Dr. Beverly Sue Mathis Elementary School, home of the Mathis Mustangs, which was established in August 2017. John is past president and current member of the State Bar of Nevada and has served in leadership positions on the boards of the Clark County Bar Association, the Boy Scouts of America, and Catholic Charities of Southern Nevada. He's also a founding member of the Mob Museum in downtown Las Vegas. Thank you all for being here today. Thank you. You're welcome. We're happy to be here. So let's establish for listeners who don't know, what exactly is the Charles and Phyllis M. Frias Charitable Trust? Well, thank you. Charlie and Phyllis Frias came to Las Vegas in 1958 with nothing more than the clothes on their back. And through hard work and industry, they built the largest transportation company in the history of the state. And along that path, they were very generous. They didn't have any children of their own but they kind of adopted Southern Nevada uh, by way of donations of school buses. They would send the junior and senior classes up in Lincoln County on a a 10-day trip back to the East Coast, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, so that those children, those students could get an education that they wouldn't otherwise get. They donated a firehouse to Clark County. There's a park named after Charlie Frias at uh, Decatur and Tropicana near the hub of their transportation companies. Charlie passed away in 2006 and Phyllis in 2016, but they desired to have their legacy continue to benefit children, education, and less fortunate members of Southern Nevada, which encompasses Clark County, Nye County, Lincoln County, and Ellsmeralda County. We couldn't think of a better way to honor that and implement that legacy than working with the Public Education Foundation to establish a scholarship program. You mentioned that uh, last year we awarded nine $100,000 scholarships to our opening class. Mm-hmm. And this is gonna continue. This is not just a one-off. We're currently we have an application process through the Public Education Foundation and we're planning to distribute a minimum of seven more scholarships this year five for the general seniors in Lincoln, Clark, nine Ellsmeralda counties, one for a Girl Scout, and one for a Boy Scout. And I say a minimum. And we hope to have this program go on for the decade to come and perhaps beyond that. Nice. Okay. 
I'm familiar with the Charles Frias Park, so now it's great to put two and two together. It sounds like a couple of amazing people that had a big impact on our community. So that is fantastic. And Amanata, you are one of the first, one of the inaugural recipients of the scholarship program. What was it like being chosen for that? I mean, honestly, I couldn't believe it because I was at home, I was sitting down, then I got a phone call to come to the school. And um, I was a senior at the time, so I had like open days or open classes. And I walked in and they walked in with their signs. And I know I applied for this, but I had forgot because I got busy and they were like, oh my God, it's you. And I was like, no, this can't be right. And they're like, no. And they came out with a sign that had my name and Christine, and they were all there. And I was just like, wow. And they also came out with the Freya story assigned to a picture of both of them and their story. And I was just like, wow, I could not believe it for a whole entire week. <laughs> Which school are you going to and what are you taking? I, I go to UNLV at the moment. I'm going to continue to go there, but I'm studying criminal justice. So in the future, I hope to use that degree to become an FBI agent, hopefully. Nice. Okay. So what are the criteria for being considered as a Frias Legacy Scholar? I can't believe it because the essay prompts were only 350 words to get in and a GPA of a 2.0. What? So it was simple. <laughs> we bring up a good point because our, I think our scholarship program is a little unique. What we do is we are looking for students that may have had some challenges beyond their control while they were in high school oh, yes. that would have prevented them from excelling to get a higher GPA, which meant that they probably would not have been in a position to get a $100,000 scholarship. But we wanted to look past that, recognize that their spirit, their determination, their true grit, just like Charlie Frias had, like Mrs. Frias had, and help them give them a hand up to get them on their life path to succeed. And that's what our big distinguishing element is of the Charles and Philistreus Legacy Scholarship is we are reaching to help a hand up, to help a student that had some difficulties in their high school career that prevented them from reaching their potential. And I have to add on to that because of that prompt of life gives you many challenges that is beyond your control. I took that prompt and I ran with it. Like that prompt is what really opened the door for me because they were able to see beyond grades and everything because I was doing well, but during my senior year, I started to struggle and there was a lot that was going on. So you know, I was slacking in school, but they were able to see beyond that. And the essay, it made me open up about everything and it made me really, up to this day, I'm so grateful because that uh, that prompt is what really opened the doors for me because they were able to see me through those prompts. <laughs> That's fantastic. Beverly, what has it been like mentoring the students? You know what? I was just sitting here thinking, I have the best part because <laughs> I get a chance not just to, you know, I was there for some of the givens at the time as they receive the scholarship, but I get an opportunity to see them and talk to them weekly. And, you know, that is the plus because I'm that one of them stated almost like a grandmother 
You know how that could be sometimes? Your grandmother's just always there whether you want her to be there or not. Yeah. But I get an opportunity to uh, talk to them at the beginning and find all of the academic centers on each one of these campuses so that I could explain to them there they can go and get continued tutoring support, any kind of support that they need academically. It's right there on campus. I get an opportunity to, again, have open conversations with them weekly through texting or through emails or through Zoom. I get an opportunity to just keep reminding them of all of the support that they have through the public education and the Freest Family Foundation, because that's it. That I get the opportunity to talk to them about housing and making sure, you know, whether or not you have a roommate, what's going on. You know, when you have, I, I'm a mother, okay? Mm -hmm. I have two daughters of my own, but these nine students are like my students. They are like my children. And the same type of communication that I have with my own daughters, I make sure that that is what we're doing with our scholars. Reminding them to do what? Make sure you know your advisor. Constantly make sure you're contacting your advisor. Make sure that you're talking, having an open conversation with your professors because this is their first time really being away from home and making great decisions on their own. Make sure you're studying. And if you need any support, we're right here for you. That personal one-on-one -on -one is just the amazement of this Free Us Family Foundation Scholarship. Because the one thing that I, my goodness, if all of us had that one person, helping to track us, <laughs> not bothering us, but tracking us constantly with support, all of the support that you could possibly think. I can't underscore enough the role that Dr. Mathis and Christine Minich from the Public Education Foundation have meant to our, our beginning success here. And I might, because none of our students' parents ever had a chance to attend college. So for those students that, whose parents did attend college, all incoming freshmen usually have some doubts. It's a completely different atmosphere from high school, that transition into that first semester in college. But they wouldn't have had, they couldn't rely on their parents for any advice. So Dr. Mathis and Christine Minich have provided the network there to help mentor them and get them up to speed and on their path at a university or college of their choice. That's true. That's fantastic. So the Dr. Beverly Sue Mathis Elementary School has only been open since 2017, but in the future, will high school students who went to that elementary school get brownie points when it comes to <laughs> applying for the scholarship? <laughs> I don't think so. No, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, but you know, you know it would what be <laughs> is simply amazing about the connection. There is a connection because the principal, Lisa Ferguson, who mm -hmm. now is principal 
of Dr. Beverly Sue Mathis Elementary School. She was a teacher at Frias Elementary School and had a personal relationship with Mrs. Frias. Oh, wow. Because at that time, she was a teacher working alongside Mrs. Frias. And you know what? All it says for me and says to me is it's a family affair. And yeah. it does take a village, right? And there Absolutely. is a connection. And that connection is there that John really wanted and has talked about continuously about making sure that students feel that we are embracing them because we are. But that family unit, you know what? It was set in place a long time ago. Yes, it was. Yeah, absolutely. Christine, you've watched the students through this whole process as well. What would you say that this opportunity means for each of them? I think, great question, Heather. I think this scholarship is very different from many of the other scholarships we facilitate. So at the Public Education Foundation, we award over 900 scholarships a year. Totally oh, wow. $5 million. So we see a lot of different scholarships, all with different criteria. I think what sets the freest legacy scholarship apart from the other scholarships really are three different things. One, the large dollar amount, $25,000 a year for four years, really allows and opens doors for students to attend a college that they maybe not maybe not would have been able to do prior to being awarded this. I think also the flexible grade point average, because again, as John pointed out, really looking for students who demonstrate perseverance and potential, but we're facing obstacles that some of us can't even begin to fathom. And I think the third part that sets it apart is the Dr. Bev piece of the support that's provided. We have no other scholarships that we offer that have this support piece in place to really work with the students and, as Dr. Bev said, kind of create a family. Um, and they, we have created a family to where when the students get together in person and they begin talking about how's your first semester going for you and how can we support you, and they're sharing different strategies and helping each other. We really have created a freest family, and it's been an honor to meet the nine students, definitely nine of the best recipients we could have had in the Valley, and all feeling and expressing a level of appreciation and gratitude to Mr. and Mrs. Freest and the legacy that they have left behind, and also expressing some level of accountability to live up to that legacy and to mm -hmm. carry forth that legacy. It's truly been an honor to, to partner with Mr. Mowbray and meet the students. It has been, Aminata is probably in a better position to tell you what it's meant to her, but I can tell you in watching and working with the nine students, it truly is life-changing. We had students who were applying to go to a community college because that's all they could afford. And we're going to start their freshman year as a part-time student because they had to take on a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And now being awarded this scholarship, they quickly applied to UNLV, UNR, out of state, because these options were now made available to them. And to see them just thriving 
is just, it's life changing for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. So for high school students who are currently in high school now, when is the deadline this year if they'd like to apply for next year? Great question, Heather. It's coming up quickly. The deadline for this year is January 31st. So limited time, but everything remains open until that close date, 11.59 p.m., January 31st. It's open to high school seniors in Clark, Esmeralda, Lincoln, and Nye County. Students can apply at the PEF, as in Public Education Foundation, Dot org. Okay. And on that website, is there also more information about the scholarship for people who want to kind of get a little bit more information before they apply? Absolutely. Everything we have on that website, we have links to the over 300 scholarship opportunities that are available. All will close January 31st linked specifically for the Freest Legacy Scholarship. We also have resources available on that website. So if there are tutorials that they need, sample resumes, things that will help them complete that application. Okay, awesome. And Amanada, do you have any final words for students who might be listening or their parents who might be listening who are like, wow, this is a great opportunity, got to rush, got to do it. What would you say to them? Of course, because I mean, this has to be, I don't know, for me, this was my last opportunity. Like I said, like Christine said, some people were going to go to a community college or I wasn't planning on going at all because I just knew I could not afford to go at all. And um, when I got the scholarship sent to me, I was like, oh my God, I was at work when I was applying. I was uh, writing my essay through my phone in the oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I was, and that's where I was applying. And all I have to say is the Francis has um, been giving me such a huge opportunity. Like I said, I feel like they're like an angel looking up in the sky for me. And um, they've given me, I'm able to do everything that I want now. I don't have to financially worry. And I can cry right now, but I don't want to. But... Um, Definitely. Has a first-generation student and has, you know, I am one out of six kids. So it was really tough for me to figure out what was I going to do after I graduated high school. When it was time to graduate, I didn't want to graduate because I was so scared. I was like, I don't know what am I going to do. And right before I graduated, because I graduated in June, I got the scholarship in May. And everything from that day just seemed to brighten up. It was like everything just looked better and um i'm so grateful and i i talked to christine almost i used to text her so much in the summer <laughs> and dr beverly i talked to her so much now and i also meet the students all we all go to unlv some partly made of us do half of us do and we get together and i feel so much closer and i don't feel as lonely as i did in high school so and i like to say to remember the phrases always Every because you know they started a taxi company, right? right. Every time yeah. I see a taxi outside, I see cars, and I'm like, Yes, they were the one who did that, they were the one who started it, and it's continued to grow. So I'm just grateful, I don't have to worry my family about what am I going to do, and I couldn't have been more happier. So I'm happy but- for the next semester, I'm excited, <laughs> yeah.
That's how I feel. So I'm telling you, I hope they really apply because it's not that hard to. And the website's pretty simple to navigate. I always look, I'm always on the website just looking. It's so simple. The directions are there. It has a step-by-step. -step. And Google Docs is a way to edit. So it's not that hard, actually. And it's a, the website's pretty easy to navigate. So. That's fantastic. And congratulations again, Amanada. Oh, thank and you so much. <laughs> you, you know, you picked a great career as well. Criminal justice, you know, you're going to be in the FBI in a few years. This is, It's fantastic. It's such a great success story. Oh, thanks so, to <laughs> I'm so happy for you. So for the listeners, once again, the website is thepef.org thepef.org. There's 300 scholarship opportunities there, but specifically if you're looking for the freest legacy scholarship that is there as well, as well as some resources, lots of information. And as you've heard throughout this interview, it's a very unique scholarship among all the other ones. So definitely take a look at the freest legacy scholarship if you're a high school senior or the parent of a high school senior. And we do have to reiterate that the deadline is coming up very fast. It's January 31st. So you only have until January 31st to apply. But as Amanada pointed out, it's a very simple process to apply. It's very well laid out. It's easy to understand. So go ahead. ThePEF.org is the place to go. ThePEF.org. And I want to thank all of you for being here and talking to us about this scholarship, letting people know it sounds like a fantastic scholarship program and a great opportunity for a lot of students. So I want to thank all of you so much for being here and sharing your stories. Thank you well, so thank much you. for having thank us, you. Heather. Thank you for allowing us to be here. Thank yes, you. thank you. When I was younger, I may have did some stupid things, even committed some crimes. I'm not a criminal. I work for youth advocate programs, yet yeah, I was Tamani's advocate, helping him stay out of jail, stay in the neighborhood, and get a job. As a little kid, I experienced trauma and I acted out. Made some mistakes, but I'm not a mistake. As Jalen's YAP advocate, I'm always here for her. YAP is a community-based alternative to youth incarceration and neighborhood violence. Youth advocate programs. Learn how at yapinc.org. You're listening to the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show. I'm Heather Vale, and today I'm speaking with Brianna McCullough, Chief Marketing and Development Officer for the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada. There's a new Panda Cares Center of Hope at the Donald W. Reynolds Boys and Girls Club. Panda Cares is the philanthropic arm of Panda Express, focused on supporting communities in need and bettering health and education for over 13 million youth since 1999. Brianna, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and talk to you about our new Panda Care Center of Hope. Yeah, well, before we talk about Panda Cares, for the listeners who aren't familiar with the Boys and Girls Clubs, what exactly is the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada? Yes. So Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada, we have 13 club locations throughout Southern Nevada, Henderson and Las Vegas. Clubs have been around for over 60 years, and we're kind of based on the concept that those hours between 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. when kids are out of school and typically parents get home from work are the riskiest in terms of experimental behavior with, with adoles adolescents. Things like starting to make bad decisions, experimenting with sex and drugs, having encounters with law enforcement, things like that. So clubs were created to turn those hours of risk into one of opportunity. Currently, we serve about just over 5,000 kids 
kids come through one of the doors of our clubhouses each year. uh, And we serve kids from age six all the way up to 18. We've got three kind of core focus areas that our work focuses on. The first one is academic success. The second one is healthy lifestyles. And then the third one is good character and leadership, because we believe that those are kind of the three main areas that every youth needs development in to transition into a happy, healthy, productive adult. Okay. So Boys and Girls Clubs is an amazing organization on its own. And the programming you just described is absolutely phenomenal. So what does the Panda Cares Center of Hope add to that programming? Yes. So Panda Cares is the philanthropic arm of Panda Express, and they've provided the biggest single donation to Boys and Girls Clubs of America over the past couple of years. So in this past year, they used those funds to create what what we call Panda Care Centers of Hope. So we were one of 35 clubs selected across the United States to get one of these. And it's a multifunctional space. So it's a very calming, welcoming environment. The furniture and the furnishings in there are, are, like I said, multifunctional. So the club can repurpose the space to meet any kind of needs they, they have to, to do different types of programming. So we can do academic success programming in there. So kids can do leisure, leisure reading. They can do creative writing. They can format the furniture to be couches facing each other. So kids can have discussions with knowledgeable adults on a particular subject or they can use it for social emotional learning, you know, having conversations about what feelings of stress or anxiety feel like and how to cope with those those things, how to ask for help in identifying and kind of managing those feelings as things come up. So we're we're thrilled to kind of have this this space that can meet the needs of all different kinds of programs as well as help our kids really learn how to manage those social emotional aspects. It's really important for us to address these things as their adolescents because again, coping with these feelings and managing stress, managing conflict is one of the things every youth needs to be a a productive, successful adult. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. So with only 35 Panda Care Centers of Hope across the nation, how did the Reynolds Boys and Girls Club get chosen to have one? Well, they selected us. The founders of Panda Express actually live here locally in Las Vegas. And we think that that had something to do with them selecting us as as one of the locations. We're thrilled and very lucky to have one of these centers of hope in one of our clubhouses. Why do you think Reynolds is a better fit as opposed to the other 12 local clubs? It's a larger clubhouse and it serves lots of kids down in Henderson um, and it serves the entire south part of the valley. And frankly, it, it had, they had the available space there in that clubhouse um, and it serves a large number of kids. So it was a good fit. Okay, awesome. So how do local youth get involved in attending boys and girls clubs and specifically if they want to attend Reynolds where they can take advantage of Panda Cares? Just visit our website, which is bgcsnv.org and click on find a club. You can select the Reynolds Clubhouse from that page and then fill out a a membership application. There's club membership fee of $35 a year for youth, $20 a year for teens from ages 13 to 18. And then to to come to the club, there are also weekly programming fees, whether you attend the morning or the the afternoon program, but signing up to become a member is, is very easy. You just hit the website and fill out the application. How does the programming differ for the kids as opposed to the teens? 
everything we do is focused on on age group. So the six to 12s, which we call the, the littles, while they might still have gym time, their gym activities will look a little bit different than the older kids. For example, they might be instead of running basketball drills, they might just be playing with the basketball, practicing how to bounce it, practicing passing back and forth to each other in a circle, as opposed to the teens would be a little bit more sophisticated in the programming they're getting. So we're talking about the, you know, the rules of the game, and maybe we're talking about drills, how to pass, how to run back and forth up and down the court. Okay. And if there's parents listening who really want to get their kids involved, what are the criteria to attend boys and girls clubs besides just paying the fees that you mentioned? You just have to be a resident of Las Vegas, be able and willing to pay, to pay the fee um, and com- complete the membership forms. And then our, our club teams, our, our staff in that club location will meet with the parents and make sure that everyone is a good fit and it makes sense. And then you become a member and get to have all the fun that clubs offer young people. Nice. And we talked a little bit about the Reynolds Club being one of the bigger clubs being located in Henderson. But I found that each club has kind of its own personality and its own feel, its own vibe. How do people choose which club's going to be best for them? Besides, of course, location, but sometimes there's a few different clubs that are equally close. So how would you suggest that they choose the best club for them? stop by and and visit each club is really uh, representative of the surrounding community in terms of the the makeup of the youth inside it, age, ethnic background, you know, family status, kind of all of those things. Stop by and visit a club. You could become a a member for a day and kind of check out and see what what the club has to offer and then decide where the best fit, where your child feels most comfortable or what makes the most sense. Most parents choose a club based on convenience in terms of travel times to and from work or school. And with 13 locations, we have them all over the valley. So lots of convenient option there. Okay, nice. So do you have opportunities for people to get involved? Because sometimes the listeners, you know, they might want to help out in some way with an organization, either making a donation or volunteering. Do you have those kind of opportunities available? Of course, if for financial support, people can make a donation through our website. Again, that's bgcsnv.org. One of the things that we are really looking for is monthly recurring donations. Even small donations can make a big impact in that ongoing support. Or you could do a one-time gift as well. Gifts of all shapes and sizes are certainly helpful in delivering our mission. And if you're interested in volunteering or supporting our mission through acting, serving on a a committee or as a potential board member, there's also a form that you can fill out and, and sign up for volunteer opportunities on the website as well. Awesome. Okay. So once again, the website is bgcsnv.org for Boys and Girls Clubs, Southern Nevada, bgcsnv.org. You can find the different 13 clubs there, the locations. If you're interested in signing up your student to attend one of the various different clubs, and it's the Reynolds Boys and Girls Club that has the new Panda Cares Center of Hope that sounds so amazing. So if you want to check that out, and also if you want to make any donations, whether it's monthly donations, one-time donations, whether you want to get involved in volunteering, be part of the board, all of that is there on the website bgcsnv.org. And Brianna, I want to thank you so much for being here and letting people know more about your amazing organization. I love the Boys and Girls Clubs of Southern Nevada, and especially with the Panda Cares Center of Hope. It sounds like an amazing addition to an already fantastic organization. So thank you so much for being here and sharing with us. Thank you, Heather. It was my pleasure to chat with you this afternoon. 
When a student lacks basic needs like food, clothing, and learning materials, attending school can be a challenge. And that can make it impossible to thrive. At Communities in Schools, we address this issue by ensuring that students have everything they need to re-engage in learning, access to technology and school supplies, and even emotional support. By bringing communities of support to students, we are achieving equitable learning conditions. And that's what Communities in Schools is all about. Learn more at communitiesinschools.org. I'm Heather Vale with the Odyssey Las Vegas Public Affairs Show, and this is your community events calendar for nonprofit initiatives and charity events around the valley. The College of Southern Nevada, or CSN, is starting their spring semester this Tuesday, January 17th, with a mix of online and in-person classes. Check out all their certificates, associate degrees, and bachelor degree programs at csn.edu. That's csn.edu. Monday's Dark with Mark Chinook is a bi-monthly musical fundraising party at The Space, with each event raising $10,000 for a specific charity in 90 minutes. Upcoming shows include Monday, January 23rd at 8 p.m., benefiting Project Inclusion, and Monday, February 6th at 8 p.m., benefiting Adopt-A-Vet. Get tickets or find out more details at mondaysdark.com. That's mondaysdark.com. The Charles and Phyllis M. Frias Charitable Trust is sponsoring scholarships for students who have overcome challenges and show potential for success. High school seniors can apply for the Frias Legacy Scholarship until January 31st at midnight through the Public Education Foundation or PEF. Find out more info or start the application process at thepef.org. That's thepef.org. And Make-A-Wish Southern Nevada's holding their second annual Trailblaze Challenge presented by Subaru of Las Vegas February 3rd to 5th with a 12-week training happening now. This is a 26.2-mile hike through the Valley of Fire backcountry in Mesquite with the goal of raising $300,000 to grant wishes for children with critical illnesses in Southern Nevada. Sign up or find out more information at wish.org slash snv slash trailblaze. That's wish.org slash snv slash trailblaze. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Nerds! Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024.